The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Good morning, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly being presented in part by AlignMed. By Source, by Athletico, by ATI Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Donjoy Orthopedics, by Karen Mulkin Health Consulting, by Integrated Orthopedics, and by Medwest. I'll soon be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, co-head team physician of the Chicago White Sox, and sports medicine specialist from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Back to get it going right after this on ESPN Radio. What comes to mind when you hear the words physical therapy? Maybe you think you don't need it, but what about those aches and pains in your knee, your ankle, your shoulder, or your back? When you decide that you've had enough, stop by ATI Physical Therapy. ATI offers complimentary screenings by a licensed provider at no cost. Don't waste any more time dealing with pain. Get the ATI Physical Therapy today and start feeling better fast. Visit ATIPT.com to schedule an appointment or find a location near you. When it comes to your health and wellness, you have a choice. Choose ATI Physical Therapy. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your health care team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. And we're back on this Saturday morning. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. Our producer and board operator is George Hatsarillos, our coordinating producer, Tresan Seeger. And this is Chicago's premier sports medicine program coming your way each and every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. only on ESPN 1000. Next topic here in sports medicine discussion, Dr. Cole, is uh, under-recovering. Sleep, nutrition, hydration, play, rest. How do you recover following one of your... Uh, tenacious workouts and i've seen you work out at the united center before bulls games and uh, you go pretty hard i do but i i would say that i wish i did it harder so i felt the need to recover more you know um i you know the most the things that i know about recovery what i see our athletes are doing and you know in the in the in the near term it's very sort of what we say physiologic they're doing cold therapy they're rehydrating they're dealing with uh massage, lactic acid buildup, things like that, things that that level of athlete has problems with, not the guys like me and you. But the reality is it's guys like me and you have to know how to do this because you don't have to necessarily be training for an event. You just got to understand all the intangibles that go into uh, things that you and I don't know. It's not a basic fund of knowledge to figure out how to do this. So uh, it's a great topic because um, I think if you focus on the recovery side, our workouts would be a whole lot better and we'll probably get a lot more out of it. Are you aware of your recovery? I am, but, you know, I do stuff, uh, I do some foam rolling and I don't do cold, I don't exert myself at that level that I think I necessarily need it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't understand it well enough. I think the big issue is that you probably get a lot more out of your workouts if you're properly recovering. Let's bring on the expert. That's what this show is all about. John Huncherick is with us from Athletic Co., a facility manager at the St. Charles facility. Athletico is a uh, marvelous uh, 
organization and uh, physical therapy, and you guys do it all. And uh, thank you, such experts. So, John, thanks for being with us here in our studios in uh, downtown Chicago, talking about sports medicine. Uh, let's start with hydration. Um, why is hydration always the sports medicine go-to suggestion? I think because it's the primary thing we can prevent. If we can prevent any injury out there, it's going to be some dehydration-related event. Um, a lot of the research just out has identified a 2% dehydration. You make bad decisions as an athlete. So if you're making bad decisions, you can be at the right, the wrong place at the wrong time and get hurt. Also, it's going to increase your stress level. You're going to start making mistakes. You'll try and overcompensate. And it's pretty easy to gauge. You know, if you look at your color of your urine and it's fairly clear, you're fairly hydrated. If not, you're not. And so we recommend that people at a minimum are getting half their body weight in ounces of water a day at a minimum. And how about, um, you know, I see these big people. I'm dying to ask you. I, I see this, this you know, woman at the gym who's probably in her mid-20s, and she brings this gallon of water. And I think it's water, or it's vodka, but it's water. <laughs> and I'm like, are you really going to drink that here? And she's probably there for an hour, hour and a half. I see her doing some cardio, and she's doing some some weights. And but I just noticed the the water, and I'm like, are you drinking that? And what do you what do you think of those people? And are they doing the right thing? We we have a few of those in our staff right now. And uh, as a matter of fact, it's effective in the sense that there's a consciousness around carrying that that jug of water. Her friends are going to see that. We're heckling some of our clinicians that work out pretty heavily, but they're going to finish that jug of water. In other words, if you have a bottle of water, you're going to have to do the math. How many ounces? What do I weigh? Whereas you walk around with that gallon of water, you're going to get that on board. It's really going to maximize your, your nutrients and your hydration levels. So you want to drink that during your workout then? Uh, maybe not during the workout, but as kind of a reminder to have that throughout the course of the day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. after the workout, I mean, how important is it? Someone you know, told me, oh, geez, go, go do... Uh, an hour on the um, on the treadmill or something, but don't drink right away. You're putting those you know calories back in your body, or all the water you lost, you're putting it back in. What are some of the the myths, or what, what what's the reality on some of that? I think the reality on it is we're not drinking enough water. Okay. We have coffee, we have our beer, we have our wine, and we're we're saying oh, we have fruits and vegetables. Hey, this is great. With there, there's water in my coffee. Well. The, fact of the matter remains, you're probably definitely not getting enough. And to check your urine color is going to be your best method to do that. And Dr. Cole started, uh, John, with talking about um, maybe under-recovering. And, uh, the is, this a of- new, is this a new uh, – I haven't heard, people, haven't heard people use this term, under-recovery. Is this a new uh, slogan that uh, Athletico is working <laughs> yeah. on? I think we just made it up. Um, actually, you know, it just kind of spin on overtraining. You know, everyone thinks they're overtraining, and you witness athletes training four or five hours of a day. I've yeah. got relatives that are in recreational volleyball, recreational badminton, and they're getting great grades, but the performance is lacking, and they just don't have that time to sleep. They don't have that time to rest, yeah. to, to do nothing, and to just have that sort of mental and physical downtime. You have the, the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, and recovery. And you look at just the stress alone, emotional stress, stress of a test, that's no different than a workout. So you have these athletes that go through 10 hours of school. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. And they just don't take the time. So what can we do to help them recover? Yeah, so the stuff that, you know, recovery is often thought about these very high-level things. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about – we're talking about some very basic things. Very so basic if you had things. to say, look, these are the for – our, for our adolescents, our high school kids, and our, you know, adults who are – very, very active, but also have other things going on in their life, and this is not what they're doing full-time. What are sort of the top three things that we need to really focus on for recovery? I think the top three things would be um, sleep. You can hear a lot of that. Yeah. Um, making the time for that. I really like the foam roll 
as far as a, a way prior to bed. I know athletes, you'll see them do foam roll prior to their workout or after their workout. But foam roll really helps that parasympathetic nervous system, helps really prepare you for sleep. So, do you, you Would you advocate total body foam rolling or only foam rolling the areas that you recently worked out with? I would do a total body before bed, mm-hmm. total body before bed. And how long do you think that should take? Uh, 30 minutes. It's a lot. It, you know, it's a it, lot to get something. So the challenge with that is it's sort of a it's not a passive activity; it's an active activity. But you really have to un, understand the value of it to say I'm because they could say, "Well, I'll go run for half an hour." Right. Why well, want I sit around and mash around on a, on a foam roll? What is that going to do for me? You know, so. I, I think it's taking the thirty minutes. Like some people meditate for thirty minutes, do yoga for thirty minutes. So during that time, you're going to block that out of your schedule. That's going to be your downtime, your mental downtime. You'll go through a total body foam roll. And prepare yourself for sleep and kind of like dovetail those two things together. I Let's, know when I'm kind of jacked up, I do foam roll, yeah, but I do the areas that are kind sure, of a mess. Sure. Not Were you taught how to do foam roll? Yeah, or is I mean, it self explanatory? No, I think you need to be shown how to do it. There's, but there's great diagrams. I mean, you can, I don't know, the, I use the white foam roll and there's different densities and I can do the entire foam roll with that roll. And you can basically go head to toe. I mean, it's back, it's the size of your your chest, it's your arms, it's your lats, it's, it's your neck, it's, you know, and you can use tennis ball for parts of it. And there's a whole, I mean, when, if someone said, look, can I have a home program? Would you be able to direct them to where to get it done? Oh yeah. I would send them to any one of our athletical fitness centers. Most of our clinicians are really skilled at doing the foam roll. And we find people are in such a hurry to get done with the foam roll instead right. of taking a half hour. They zip through it. Doing it so fast has a complete reverse effect. Is that so, right? So in other words, if you're stuck for 30 minutes doing foam roll, you're going to take your time now to kind of read and really enjoy the experience of foam rolling. I realize that there's different, like with a lacrosse ball or some of the yeah. the, the the nubby foam rolls, that's a separate experience, but that's a therapeutic dose of the foam roll versus kind of a relaxation component. All right, so sleep, foam rolling, and what would be another one? Nutrition, you meant, or yeah, I mean, nutrition is a big part of it. Nutrition is a big part. I would say also programming downtime, looking at your schedule to be able to say, I'm going to go laugh with friends. I'm going to go uh, play a game where I don't really care about the outcome, where I'm going to have that sort of mental downtime per se, but structured in and not so much watching TV or jammed on Facebook or anything. John Huncherick, our guest with Athletico, facility manager at the St. Charles Athletic. I'm Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Coles of Sports Medicine Weekly, coming your way each and every Saturday morning here on ESPN 1000. So um, uh, under recovering, sleep, nutrition, hydration, play, rest, uh, the foam roll. This is all interesting stuff. And uh, is this where is this where we're going here? I, I think it is. You know, we have a lot of clients that will come to us that want to measure and weigh their food and want every minute of their program. And we'll start them out with, all right, let's get sleep. And the idea basically is if you're if you're not willing to do nothing, I can't imagine you're going to go ahead and weigh and measure all of your food and take the time. So we want to make sure when we give them a home program, they're committed to it. You know, oh, I, I'm not going to drink all my water. Well, then you're not going to come in three days a week, five days a week to to really put a physical demand on your on your body to get the positive effect. How about drinking that water, John? You mentioned uh, half your weight in water per day. That's a basic guideline to kind of be on the planet. And then depending upon your physical activity, you may need to increase or decrease that. That's why um, that's why we use color of urine as, as kind of a, a basic guideline. A pr- pretty easy. Am I hydrated? Am I not? Dehi- am I dehydrated? I've always thought about that, too. The, the color of urine, really, it's uh, it's important once you once you figure that out and learn that, then you can tell if you're hydrated or not. So drinking water. Wake up in the morning. Good to have a, a glass or two when you go to bed. Is it just spread throughout the day? Are there any do's and don'ts? I'm a big fan of 20 ounces of ice cold water first thing in the morning. Really? Shotgunned. 
Get then, your metabolism going, right? Yeah, and then maybe sneak a little magnesium in there um, just to kind of get some of the minerals that we're not getting because we're not rooting around in the dirt for our vegetables anymore. So just kind of sneak that in at the start of the day and really kind of jumpstart the whole day. Wonderful. Great stuff. Uh, congratulations with everything you guys do with Athletico. Athletico.com is the website. John Huncherick, one of our experts here on Sports Medicine Week. Thank you, John. Thank you. Back with more of our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, after these messages. On ESPN Radio. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your healthcare team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmulkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. Integrated Orthopedics is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of thermal and compression therapy devices for people recovering from sports-related injuries or orthopedic surgical procedures. To learn more about the benefits of thermal and compression therapy and to determine if it's right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. For further information about Integrated Orthopedics products and services, please contact us at 773-248-6400. That's 773-248-6400. At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car, pain should not slow you down. With locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens, your choice to go with our team is the smart choice. Visit Athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today. Athletico, better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back here on the Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. It's Chicago's premier sports medicine program, coming your way each and every Saturday morning between 8.30 and 9 a.m. only on ESPN 1000. So, um, Dr. Cole, we've talked quite often on this show about concussions, but uh, this is a new angle, something we haven't discussed yet. How about... um, trying to uh, determine a concussion on the sidelines when there are no medical personnel or trained professionals uh, around. What do you do? I mean, there's a definite uh, role for this because not everyone has the benefit of a trainer. I remember when I was in New York as a resident, we used to cover uh, football games in the inner city, and this is probably more common than not still. I mean, at that time, cell phones were not as ubiquitous, and you know, first aid was basically an ice pack and put a quarter in a payphone and call 911. There was no, we didn't have any of this, you know. And now we hear, well, athletic trainers on the sidelines and so forth. But still, that's not everyone has that. And the other challenge is just even if you have that, having a reliable, reproducible method that 
is efficient. It's, it, sometimes it's just a complete cluster. There's a lot of drama going on. You're in the middle of the field. You've got to figure it out quickly because you know the 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 risk of not picking it up is so uh, s- significant that. Um, we really need reliable ways to do this quickly. So there's a there's a there's a huge void in that in that area for us. Even me, when I'm on the sidelines trying to pick this up quickly, you got to go back to the basics or your ABCs every time because it's always in the heat of the battle. And you got to and you got to figure it out quickly because if the player hasn't had one, you want him back in play. You know, so there's a lot at stake to get it right. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's bring on. Uh, let's tell you about the King Devic test. Um, this is uh, very, very interesting stuff. Steve Devic is with us in studio here on this uh, Saturday morning. Very practical um, test that uh, anyone can administer. And uh, Steve, thanks so much for for being with us here. Um, tell us uh, what the King Devic test is all about. You invent this. Well, I did many years ago in grad school. Uh, we wanted to see if there was a relationship between how you moved your eyes and how well you read. And, of course, this was long before the uh, Internet, but uh, as best we could figure, nobody would ever checked that before. So my mother was a, a teacher, and before HIPAA laws, we were able to test, kind of stimu- simulate reading with this series of numbers, 120 numbers, randomly spaced. And sure enough, there is a definition, there is a uh, relationship between how you read and how you move your eyes. So for the last 30 years, it's been in all the medical dictionaries as a test for reading deficiencies or dyslexia in some cases. And uh, about four years ago, there was a big paper out of uh, in a in Brain Journal that by the height curve, kind of a groundbreaking study that said the first. The only physical common sign in concussions in this group study was a, def- a defect in their psychotic eye movements. And that got me thinking that maybe our reading test would have something to do with concussions, which was uh, a big issue even four years ago, even bigger today. So I was on the board of the LNI Institute in uh, Chicago here, and I asked who the best neuro-ophthalmologists in the country were, and they said uh, Steve Galletta and Laura Balser at Penn, and they're now the chairman and vice chairman of neurology at NYU. But uh, they tested it, and since then there's been 53 peer-reviewed papers that show that when you have a concussion, just about immediately your ability to name these numbers as fast as you could with a baseline that's recent uh, gets diminished. So it's an indicator of a remove-from-play indicator. So can you administer it to me? Would you like to do that now? Or sure, I could. But how long does it take? <laughs> it takes a minute. Why don't we it do it? Takes less than a minute. You don't have a concussion, do you? I well, don't know. I'll find this fun. Well, you, this is this has been my baseline. <laughs> All right. So, and the, so the, it's a test retest thing, right? So you basically you would advocate uh, uh, those in collision sports or at risk do this as a baseline, much like the SCAT, right, or the others that we use. Well, and then they would retest to see if they're off, and then they would retest, and if they're back on, then they're, are they, that's one variable used for clearing them back to play. That's a good point. That's one variable. But I, first of all, I didn't bring the test with, so I have Okay, I won't put you on the spot there this morning. This no problem. Thing. No problem. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I'm totally stupid. But anyway, uh, yeah, the difference between the neurocognitive test and King Devic test is it's, King Devic's a physical test. It's like timing you in the 40. You know, there's some cognition in running a 40-yard dash. You have to understand ready, set, go, and you have to know to stay between the lines. But really, it's a physical test of your ability, and that's the same with this. So you have to compare it to your own baseline, and your ability to do this task as a kid gets better rapidly. So you need a new baseline every year at least. And for five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds that have been tested with this, they need a new baseline every six months. All right, so what is the basic of the test? What do you do? It's a series of 120 uh, 
randomly spaced numbers on three different cards or on an iPad. More and more, it's on a tablet. And you read them as fast as you can without making errors. and Left and to right, correct? Left to right, line to line, just like reading a book. Mm-hmm. And the cards get progressively harder. And then you do it again because in a baseline testing, usually the second time is a few seconds faster. And that's the, your fastest time ever is your baseline. And so when you have a concussion, and this has been proven so many times in so many studies, you can't read those numbers as fast because when your axons are stretched with a concussion, concussion and according to our neurologist, more than 55% of the brain's pathways are related to eyes and eye movements and, and verbalization of numbers. So it's likely that an area that's a, is a, of the brain is affected that needs to be efficient to do this test. So they always name the, uh, the number slower when they have a concussion. All right. Is it is it felt to be because of, you mentioned the stochastic eye movement, right, which, by the way, is a sobriety test, too. Are you aware of that? Well, lateral so gaze poor, nystagmus right. is. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's related to that. Yeah, so it it's a poor man's sobriety test. Right. So tell me, um, what is, is the deficiency because of processing in the brain, or is it because of the way the eye movements uh change or the way your eyes, the motor movements or what have you? Well, it's whatever because it, typically it is the eye movements, but it's also verbalization. You have to have a little cognition because you have to know the numbers. But it, we uh, Mayo, who's uh, actually the test is called King Givik Test in association with Mayo Clinic now because they've vetted it so to their to the extent that they put their name on it. But uh, they've done a functional MRI of, of your brain while you're doing our test. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's really almost... Every aspect of your brain, including the cerebellum and the brainstem, where there's really not a whole lot of cognitive function. Right. So um, it's just likely that if you have a concussion, an area that's involved in this task is affected. And that's why almost always um, your ability to read these numbers are slower. And it's not affected by exhaustion or anything else. It just has to be a a head injury so far is the only thing uh, that immediately uh, causes your time to be Now, are, you advoc- is there, are we advocating to do this on the field, or this is something you still would have to go back to the training room and deliver? No, everybody does it on the field or at rinkside or ringside or um, and right. it, it, in a noisy environment. It's fine. Our guest is uh, Steve Devick, CEO of King Devick Test, and, uh, again, uh, very practical and uh, talking about establishing baseline test scores that can be registered. And how, how do people get started with this, Steve? Well, our website's kingdevictest.com, and so there's an awful lot of information on on that site, including all the research, uh, the abstracts of the research that have been published in neurological uh, journals. So uh, really there's educational videos on how to use it and that kind of thing on the site. All right, let me just clarify. So is there a certain threshold? So let's is it, is it all by time, yes. or is there errors? Well, you have to have a baseline without errors. So you you go, but for a fail, if you have errors or if you have a reduction in time, and NYU thinks it's any reduction in time, but Mayo, uh, their neurologist thinks that three seconds is is uh, significant. Is the so but, if you had, so in theory, if you did this test in the training room or on the field or whatever, I'd have to have is it a, it'd be a paper test? Be on a you card? Could do, you could. It's a flip chart. It's vinyl, but it's but more and more. Like I said, it's on a tablet because the tablet right. stores your baseline. So I would do it on the sideline, and yeah. if they, it, it, depending on what threshold you pick, if they were three seconds or more, you say you're, that's consistent with a concussion. Well, we would say yes. You need to re, 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 uh, be removed from play, and uh, actually, it's typically much more than three seconds. Course. Right. Yeah. So. If it's that, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because that's what I love to do. Yeah. So if you if it's that bad, there's other things we do. Like I'm going to give you three objects or four objects, which we do for very quickly. Or we say, look, do you have a headache? You know, there's other things that we do that are really basic. So 
could you be normal on this and abnormal on others or vice versa? Do you well, follow we, me? We definitely say that if you have any sign of a concussion, including the standard assessment of concussion right. or even some balance thing. But this has been, especially combined with those other tests, in some studies 100% accurate, some recently stu- published studies. So, um, yes, we, we say that if you have any sign of a concussion, you should come out, but not necessarily – uh, you're not going to manifest some symptoms, especially in cognition, right away. The eye movement symptoms seem to happen immediately. All right. And then what about return to play, using it for that? Well, we there's studies ongoing with that. We don't say that it has anything to do with return to play, but uh, once a paper or two comes out that shows that it is an indicator of something being uh, okay to return to play, that's mostly in post-concussion syndrome when they last longer. But, in fact, for now, if you get back to your baseline, that's not an indicator of uh, of return to play. As a matter of fact, we think return to play should just be up to your doctor. Yeah, I mean, what's really fascinating in the whole concussion you know, field is that we're coming up with a, a, a variety of different tests, and then some of them are so exquisitely sensitive that we don't know what to do with the information, uh-huh. and others are just very raw, crude you know, tests. So I could see how this, we definitely need something that's quick, yeah. and uh, then we need something that's validated. Yes. Um, so, you know, it'd be, it, it'd be, I'll be interested to see how they look at the data return to sport because there's all those other things that we have to be able to do. We've got to be able to progress them with the exercise and activity and show that they don't have any, uh, they don't regress, they don't get headaches and so forth, there's, or the balance is still off. So there's some other functional testing we do. But the bottom line is the critical thing is what you pointed out is you've got to take them out of play, and, you need, and sometimes you need some metric to do that. So if this is quick, fast, and valid... You know, I could see how it has a lot of value. And you're right. I mean, now they're uh, starting remediation sometimes as soon as they're asymptomatic at rest. It used to be weeks. And the, I guess Sidney Crosby's the, the king of examples on how concussions can go awry because he rested for a year, you know, and it didn't get better. And so finally he did something with a guy that looked a lot like our test on what I saw it on 60 Minutes. But anyway, so. Uh, Interesting. He, <laughs> no, I mean, he, they, he got some ocular motor remediation in addition to other things that they remediate like vestibular. But but um, you're right. As getting back to play is is important now because an athlete doesn't want to stay out of play. And if you have a concussion and you're a star student, you don't want to stop doing calculus and things like that that you like to do. And if you're symptomatic, you can't do them. What's your background really quick? I'm a, I, I got my OD, which is an optometry degree, here at the Illinois Institute in Chicago long ago. But I haven't practiced for 20, 30 years. So I've uh, been an a entrepreneur and kind of a researcher lately. Uh, not I don't. We haven't done any of the research on our test. It's all been institutions like Mayo and NYU and Penn. But uh, uh, a lot of studies have uh, come from this. And I have to tell you that uh, I wrote this test when I was 24 years old. And so I, I kind of feel like uh, I really need to... Uh, make sure that the world knows about this as a tool that works if, in fact, the scientists prove that just because uh, it's so needed as far as uh, objective or removed from play test. And bottom line, uh, Steve Devick, um, you got a son at home or a daughter and healthy, non-concussed, right? Do the baseline. That's what I'm thinking, right? I've, you know, for my 10-year-old, and then when he has a concussion, have him do it again. Well, yes, that's the way to do it. And as a matter of fact, they've, there's so many concussions that are missed, as Dr. Cole said. A recent study had, uh, out of New Zealand, they had uh, three years of, of rugby teams. They had 52 concussions, and only eight of them, and they had physicians on the sidelines to diagnose that they did King Divic. They failed at eight, were removed from play. They tested every kid after every game, and they found 44 more concussions that they hadn't seen on the field, wow. and they saw it on the tape. They were all away from the ball. So everybody's watching the, uh, you know, when I was a guard, as uh, Dr. Cole just told me he was a guard too, my parents didn't even watch me because I never got to touch the ball. So uh, the point is, is that 
concussions happen away from the ball that nobody sees, and maybe there's an indication to test kids, even if you don't see a big hit or whatever. I used to get touch the ball. I would pull from, like, I was a left guard, pull from left, right, and I'd run into the fullback. That's how I get a touch I the was ball. a left guard, too, but I tried to stay away from the fullback. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, too. It just didn't work. The website is kingdevictest.com. That's D-E-V-I-C-K. King, K-I-N-G, devictest.com. Steve Devic, our guest, Great stuff, Steve. Congratulations on, uh, I know, a long time coming. <laughs> but you got the Mayo Clinic involved. Can't get much better than that. And um, thanks for joining us on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks for having me. All right. Back with more of our show after this on ESPN Radio. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Don Joy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Don Joy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Don Joy, a product of DJOglobal.com. Leading the way in cellular and tissue therapies, Ellisource helps surgeons get their patients back in the game of life. Life-saving and life-enhancing allografts play a critical role in bone and soft tissue repair, helping to restore function and movement. To learn more about Allosource or Allografts, please visit allosource.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Well, that will do it for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsarillos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations as well as Samantha Smith. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Back to do it again next week. We'll see you then. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.